Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns, he shoots. Yes! Talking Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. And welcome in to Pick and Pod, your podcast for all things NBA basketball. I'm Bridge Gotham, joined alongside my co-hosts Evan Harkin, Brendan Shorey. Guys, it's Thursday, January 25th. So right about that time of the week where we talk NBA, but also right about that time of the season where we've had a couple months of basketball. We kind of know which teams are good, which teams are not. Some teams have made some moves, and we'll get into some coach firings already. I know it's it's definitely been one of those seasons. But first off, how you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good, uh, especially as a Knicks fan right now. I'm saying right now. I'm keeping it as right now. I'm not going to give them any hope for later. But they're on a four-game win streak right now, big win. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I really can't complain. It's a, it's a Thursday. We're heading into the weekend. Got one more class left this week, so so knock that out, and and, and we're in the weekend. So it's, it's a great time to be here. I got one more class as well, so I think we're always counting down the clock to the weekend. That's what we are. We're a bunch of college kids. That's kind of how we roll. But let's hop right into our talk here. And, you know, Evan kind of mentioned the Knicks, and I think that's where we'll begin. The New York Knicks have been a great story this year. Again, they've built on their success from the past couple of years. They made the playoffs in 21, right? They were that four seed, played that series with Atlanta that they lost. Um, And then uh, two years ago, not as good. But last year, they made a big splash going into the second round, ultimately falling to the heat. But Jalen Brunson, that big acquisition from the Dallas Mavericks, I'm sure Brendan's very familiar with that trade, has turned out to be one of the best moves. It's year two with the Brunson. Randall has finally flourished. But the big news this year with the Knicks has been their trade for OG Ananobi. They sent uh, two longtime Knicks. We're talking R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly. These guys were drafted by the Knicks. These guys were Nick lifers. And this was a trade I think shocked a lot of people at first. But it's proven to have paid off because the Knicks, they've done extremely well so far with OG. I think they've they've won, what, 12 games so far mm-hmm. with him, right? They've only lost two or three. Yep. They've looked unreal. So I want to start with you, Evan. You know, what has OG meant to the Knicks? Was he their missing piece, and have they really felt the losses of RJ and quickly? He he was he's a missing piece. I'm not going to say the missing mm. piece, but okay. he's a. We need a little bit a little bit more to kind of get into that elite elite category. But I think OG Ananobi, Ananobi definitely takes the next step. You just didn't need another guy like Randall and Brunson who can't shoot, which is what R.J. Barrett was. Yeah. I was an R.J. Barrett fan. Oh, I was too, which he, is why it shocked me. But at right. the end of the day, we've seen that, yeah, this is kind of what he they need. He just needed. couldn't shoot, and this is what they need. They need a guy who can stretch the floor, shoot. He's a better defender, shooter. Tra- the only thing R.J. might be better at is transition and rebounding. So I'm definitely taking O.G. Ananobi, and he's playing better on the Knicks too. He seems like he fits even better on the Knicks than on the Raptors. So it seems like a win-win for everybody so far. Knicks hands, Knicks fans who were upset at first with this trade are definitely happy now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned that you already have these guys like Brunson and Randall who are able to take over games when they need to and and get and go downhill and, and get a bucket. And then it's it's nice to have where you had Barrett, who was kind of the same type of guy. You had three guys who were doing the same thing. Instead, now you have a guy like OG Ananobi who does stretch the floor, who is able to shoot really well. I mean, he's shooting 40% from three with the Knicks this season, who is able to to go in and get you buckets, and he's able to knock down shots, and he's able to play great defense. He's averaging 
almost one and a half steals and one and a half blocks per game. So this is the guy, not the guy, you, one of the guys right. that was yep. essential in order to for the Knicks to 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 get better and and make a, a deeper run in the playoffs. Yeah, we saw it on full display uh, when the Knicks played the Nets the other night, and you know it's technically a road win, but the Knicks fans they par- they packed the Barclays Center. I mean, they call it MSG East for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Those those Knicks fans they showed up, and the Knicks had a late surge at the end, and there, it happened with this awesome play where Brunson. Uh, threw it to Randall, Randall threw it down, and that was kind of the exclamation point at the end of that. Cementing the Knicks is, of course, the team to beat in New York. Of course, the Nets had their bit of a run with with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. That whole thing is blown up. They're now a rebuilding team. And when you look at the Knicks, 10 games over 500 at 27 and 17. Good enough for fifth uh, in, in the East. Technically, tie, I would say they're tied for fourth uh, with Cleveland. They have slightly different records because of the number of games they've played, but they're both seven games out of first place. So effectively, the Knicks are a top four team in the East right now. And our conversations before the show were, okay, uh, what do they have to do to get into that top three? Are they better than Philly? Milwaukee, I think we're going to talk about them in a second. But I want to ask you guys right now, right? It's the end of January. The Knicks are looking really, really good right now. It's right now. Again, you got to live in the moment. But looking ahead, like, what is the ceiling for this Knicks team? The ceiling? Like, like, could they get a top three seed? Like, That's what I'm saying. I like, think they could. They could. I think they could get a top three seed. I think their ceiling is the Bucks and Celtics. Mm. I don't think they're touching the Bucks and Celtics. I think they should expect to be over the Cavs. They're a better team than the Cavs. They washed the Cavs in the playoffs last year. They always do in the regular season. They're a way better overall team, I think, than the Cavs right now. I think the record will start to show that as we go along. But I wanted to talk about that play you mentioned too, Bridge. And the play against the Nets at the end of the game was like the most Knicks play of it. Like that's what Tom yep. Thibodeau wants the Knicks to be. Josh Hart falls out of bounds yeah, and that, throws a rebound he, back oh in gosh. after OG Ananobi gets two blocks back to back on layup attempts, and then it leads to an unselfish pass by Brunson and a finish that Julius Randle's been making this whole season, being way more aggressive. I love seeing that. I don't care that he gets three charges a game. I'd rather that than three airballed threes like he used to do the yep. last couple of seasons mm-hmm. so i think they're firing on all cylinders and i'd put their ceiling right now as the two seed uh three seed i'd put it at the three seed i'm 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 gonna say something really similar i think they they have the the ceiling they definitely should be ahead of the Cavs. Yeah. i think the Cavs have really underwhelmed me this season with mm-hmm. with how they performed in the regular season last year and then they fell off in the playoffs and and the knicks obviously beat them in the playoffs but then in this in this regular season, they just haven't they haven't amazed me like they did in the regular season last year. So I think they take that leap over the Cavs. I think Celtics and Bucks are going to be one two, and I don't think the Knicks have much of a chance to take either of those. I think their best chance is to take that three. I don't think they will. I mean, you the Knicks the Knicks are a great team. You've got great players in in Brunson and Randall. Um, but it's it's Joel Embiid and it's a stretch. It's it's yeah. Joel Embiid and and even if if you if you don't look at just Joel Embiid, you, they still the Sixers have other guys who can play. Especially I, I look at Tyrese Maxey, yeah. who actually uh, my high school played against him in high school and knocked us out of the playoffs. <laughs> Sore subject, dunked on our center. Yeah. Um, but I think that yeah, this Knicks team, I think they should get the four seed, and I think they will get the four seed. Yeah, I kind of have to agree with you guys. Like. It's that four to five range. Yeah. Now you better hope they don't they don't you know they don't plummet. Yeah, but yeah. I think that that's kind of definitely where they're going to hover around. I look at cat. I look at the Cavs. I say, all right, like basically agree with all your points. They're a better team than the Cavs. They'll probably finish above the Cavs. When I look at Philly, I say, all right, well Joel Embiid he just dropped seventy points. Yeah, like <laughs> the Knicks like don't even really have a center right now. I know Hardenstein's been playing well. 
Um, but Mitchell Robinson won't come back. I mean, they were saying before he was out for the season. Now they're saying might get him back uh, before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, Woj was saying. So I, you know, that's a play it by ear situation. But at least as of right now, you know, the the Sixers are a much better team. Mm-hmm. Now I look at Milwaukee and I think it's very interesting simply because they just parted ways with head coach uh, Adrian Griffin and what year one. Not even halfway into the season, yeah. and they're just or about halfway into the season. By the way, they're in second place. They have the second best record in the NBA, and they fired him, which is we really have not seen something like that before. And then you think back to what the Cavs had with David Blatt and LeBron's first year there, and my thoughts are there's a disconnect between the coach and the locker room. I don't know if that's going to create some sort of dysfunction. The Bucks did win their their first game without without him, but I don't know. It, it gets kind of interesting. I mean, I want to hear your reactions to to the move because it, it shocked me. I thought the Bucks were 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 in great shape. Like, why why do that? I don't understand at all. We were talking before the show saying it has to be something behind the scenes, and that's still what I think. I mean, like they lost thirteen games, and I don't, there was no harping on their coach in the media. There was never like there, there's coaches that get harped for losing games. He was not one of them. You know, you add a new star in Damian Lillard, there should be growing pains. You should kind of lose a couple of games. You should be happy being the two seed when yeah. the Celtics are above you. Like, obviously the Celtics are going to be above you. They're the best team in the NBA, besides maybe the Nuggets. But to go back to the Bucks, it, it has to be something behind the scenes to me. Yeah, I mean, when when we were uh, when I was kind of doing some prep, I, I was looking at this this article, and, and when I after I read this article, uh, I was I was not surprised that he was fired because hmm. Tell us. They, had, they had pictures of where you you saw the Bucks bench and instead of um, Adrian Griffin drawing up plays, it was Giannis drawing up plays. Yeah. And he they there were quotes like about how Giannis was like, "Yeah, we need to be coached better," and how the uh, the defense isn't what it has been the past few seasons. And it's not just because they lost Drew Holiday mm-hmm. and got Dame, but the uh, the the scheme on defense is like how they're having guys like Brook Lopez uh, out on the perimeter yeah. guarding smaller guys. And I think it's all come down to to the overall fact that Adrian Griffin has lost the locker room mm-hmm. and the guys don't he doesn't have that relationship with the players that most head coaches do. Yeah, I think that point about defense is interesting because when you do look at the statistics, the top 6 teams in the East right now, uh their opponents points per game, they're all about 110. They're within a point except for the Bucks, they're averaging 120 points wow. against them. That's 10 they're allowing basically 10 more points per game uh than the other five uh, teams in that top six. So that definitely tells me that they do have a problem defensively, but at the same time, offensively, uh, the Bucks are, are, are the best team in the East, you know, statistically, but also if you're winning that many games and you're the two seed, then clearly you're making up for that lack of defense in some way. And I don't think that that lack of defense is the reason you fire a coach halfway through his first season, but that's neither here nor there. I want to talk about Doc Rivers because that shocked me. You know, I think Doc Rivers had this amazing reputation 10 years ago, won that title with the Celtics. Yep. He was a very sought-after name. He was with the Clippers for a while. But his, his, his past couple of stints, specifically in Philadelphia, didn't end so well. They were like, you know, he's kind of washed as a coach, if, if that's a term we can use for coaches. <laughs> he went to ESPN. He joined their uh, broadcast team this year. So it's weird to me that he was, like, the candidate right away. I'm like, well, if he's such a sought-after guy, then why didn't they go after him in the offseason? 
Yeah, I really don't so get it. Weird. I mean, I, I kind of like what you're saying, Brendan. That, that makes a lot more sense to me that Giannis kind of did the pulling of the strings. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. a player like Giannis has all that potential to to do that. I do like that he somewhat caught it early, maybe. Like, didn't didn't let it go into the playoffs and then say, oh, our coach was bad the whole season. He's kind of catching it right where he sees it. But like you're saying, Bridge, I mean, you're going to fill in with Doc Rivers, a guy who just last season was fired and criticized for being – bad in the playoffs, which is what they want to do is be good in the playoffs. It seems like an emergency hire, right? You get a guy who you know can be a head coach, because apparently this guy couldn't even be a head coach, like a guy that can draw up a play. I mean, at first I thought maybe Thanasis didn't like him, because we, <laughs> we, we know how much pull Thanasis gets yeah. over there. But but yeah, super surprising for Doc Rivers to come on in. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that they didn't go with an internal promotion. I mean, yeah. we've seen yeah. that that work a couple times in the past few years, like with the Celtics, how how they, they kind of promoted guys from within to be interim head coaches, and, and it worked out for that season. And and you said it, Doc Rivers is kind of like an emergency hire. I I think so. I mean, he has the the one title in 08, but he's, he's the first coach ever in NBA history with three different teams who lost a best-of-seven series when they were up 3-1. Oh, my God. That's yeah, not a guy you want. If, 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 if you're hiring a coach – for for playoff success, that's not exactly the guy you want. No. Yeah. So the the Bucks they have uh, the name I'm I'm reading right here, Joe Prunty. He's their interim coach. Well, he was their interim coach for their uh, their game last night. He was an in, internal guy, but mm-hmm. I think Doc will will uh, you know take over uh, the duties there. But you know why not stick with a guy internally? You know the guy that's been with the team all year, right? I mean. And you look at those benches during the games. I mean, you see like twenty guys sitting there yeah. with their quarter zips or whatever. I'm like, all right, all these guys got to be doing something, right? Like, what's the point of having all? I mean, I'm sure they're doing stuff behind the scenes, but like, if you're gonna have these guys travel with the team, work with the team, do all this the whole season, only to bring in a guy just externally, like I don't know, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. But I don't know what this is gonna do for Milwaukee. They they are the two seed and they're a very talented team. My guess is that they're just gonna stay. From a statistics standpoint, like the same trajectory, they're going to get two seed, maybe the one seed, maybe the three seed. That's kind of where they're going to hang out. Um, but let's sort of shift gears to the Western Conference side of things because the West is kind of it's been an interesting year, right? You have Oklahoma City and Minnesota top the West, which I don't think a lot of people expected that coming into the year. And then you have your, you know, your teams like the Suns and, and the Nuggets. But you know, my main question is when I'm looking at these two teams and. You know, I watch a lot of Knicks basketball, but I haven't really watched a lot of Western Conference late-night basketball. You know, I'll do that later in the season, but, you know, I'm focused on football right now. The Minnesota Timberwolves aren't really the top thing in my mind, but I keep (laughs) seeing them at the top of the standings, and I keep seeing their highlights. So are they they a threat? Are they a contender? Like, I don't even really know what to say about this team. I think they're they're a threat. I wouldn't put them at contender yet. I, Ant took such a huge step. He did. Like he's, I don't watch a lot of Timberwolves either, but I did watch them play the Knicks, and Ant mm. was yeah. Literally, Ant might have won the game himself if they won because mm. he does everything on the floor. He he turned himself into a really good defender, kind of this off season. Yeah. Almost seems more athletic. Maybe growing into that prime body of his, getting closer to the age twenty five, could be helping him a lot. But he is for sure. I think a top ten five point guard right now. He's willing that team to the spot cat also i think had 62 the other night i believe so yeah. mm-hmm. you're getting some good play from the forwards down there as well that they, they can be a problem together i think they're they're pieces away from being a contender though they, they don't have the the og ananobis they might need even need another star besides ant to help that backcourt out a little bit i'm, I'm going to agree with the fact that they are that i don't think they're they're real threats mm-hmm. i think 
They're they're a great team. They don't have a lot of experience in the playoffs, and I think that's gonna that's what's gonna come back to bite them. I do kind of want to shout out unsung hero here, Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't hear a, a whole lot about him, and and I'll, I'll admit I was one of the people who was criticizing that trade they made. Yep. And I'm still not I'm I'm still not gonna say it was an amazing trade, but he has stepped up his play this year to the fact that they're a lot better uh, and. Like whenever, like at protecting the rim, they're a lot better at protecting the rim. Gobert is averaging two blocks a game, twelve rebounds. Like he's he's playing the role that they traded him for instead of trying to do too much on the offensive side. And so I wanna I wanna kind of shout him out there um, as to a big reason as to why this team is is doing well. But at the same time, you also got to shout out Ant and Cat for for carrying this offense basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, leading the way. I mean, we saw Cat with 62 the other night, and it wasn't a loss. And I think there was this article that I was reading about the game that was sort of like, at halftime, he had however many points, 40-something, 50-something. Mm-hmm. And then everyone in the locker room's like, oh, we got to keep feeding Cat, keep feeding Cat. And then they did it in the second half. It didn't go so well, and they ended up losing. And I remember the coach, their coach said after the game, he was just like, you know, that's not how it's supposed to work. Like, you know, we got to play play the game the right way. Like, this is this hero ball, like, you know, give it to him if he has the hot hand but like to just like be trying to chase yeah. records because i think somebody i guess word got out in the locker room because it's the same night as the mb night they're like oh mb has 70 mm-hmm. like you know let's chase that or whatever and it's like <laughs> come on man like play the game of basketball and play to win yeah. um and i think down the stretch cat might have missed a few shots and 62 is still very impressive but just thought i'd throw that in there i think to me the nuggets are still the team to beat in the west uh, they're right up there at the top they're only half a game out the clippers have also been an interesting team this year they you know I, I like what Westbrook's done for them. And, of course, you know, Kawhi and PG, mm-hmm. um, staying healthy has been a nice thing for them. Phoenix is interesting, though. Um, they didn't have a great start to the season, but they've kind of found their footing. And Kevin Durant's looking good. Uh, Devin Booker's looking good. Um, you know, this this team's so interesting because it's like this is like Durant's, what, third or fourth stop mm-hmm. of trying to win a championship. He obviously won in uh, Golden State, but Brooklyn didn't work forced his way out to go to Phoenix. Another sort of super team you could call it with Bradley Beal. And they're, you know, they're fifth in the conference. They're all right, but I don't know if I see them as a contender. Yeah, I would say the only thing holding them from a contender is still their bench. Like, they they just don't have a bench. They never have. They put all their aspects into getting Bradley Beal, who, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't been Bradley Beal that he was the last couple of years. I'm sure a lot of that's not getting up as many shots as he would on on a less uh, talented team like he was on. But they really just have to start looking towards building up a defense, a bench. Um, I mean, if one of these players gets hurt, let's say Devin Booker gets hurt in a game two, that series might be over. It's over. You need Kevin yeah. Durant to win. The, if Kevin Durant gets hurt, that series is over. You need more players to be reliable, especially older guys, which KD is. Maybe not so much Devin Booker, but they have some older guys that they're really relying on with no depth behind them. Yeah, I mean, it's you you mentioned the defense and i think that's really what it came down to and that was the biggest worry coming into the season after that Bradley Beal trade is is how are they going to play defense and you look at a a potential starting five that they have rolled out this year with with Booker Beal um Grayson Allen, KD and Nurkic and there's really not much no defense, defense there that's yeah. that's an all offensive lineup and and that's great if you're going out and and dropping 140 points a game, but yeah, but if you're not, but if you're not, then that's a struggle. And I think you really do have to to build up the bench a little bit and, and get some defensive-minded players mm-hmm. that could kind of kind of fit in where where you need more players to uh, to fit in and and get some get some good minutes and improve the defense. Yeah. So 
The West, definitely very interesting. The East, very interesting. I, I want to preview a couple of matchups before we wrap up this show. Knicks are playing the Nuggets tonight at home. Denver is a slight favorite on the road. Two and a half makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're a good team. What do you guys think? How do you think this one will shape out? I think uh, I'm going to give it to the Nuggets just because I, I know Hartenstein has been playing well, but he's no match for Jokic. Nobody's a match for Jokic, but I think he he's really not a match for Jokic. You don't want Hartenstein defending on the perimeter. That is one of the last centers you want out there. He holds his own in the middle, yeah. but I don't even think he could hold his own against Jokic in the middle. I mean, <laughs> no, he's just it's... such a force. I don't know if you saw the shot Jokic hit the other night to uh, to put away. He play, I forgot who they played on Tuesday, but... He just keeps hitting these late game deep threes yeah. where it's like the shot clock's expiring. So frustrating. Throws it behind opponent. his ears. <laughs> like, and he doesn't even celebrate. Nah, <laughs> it's, just trots it's, back down the court. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm also probably gonna give it to the Nuggets. I think that the Knicks are, are playing great basketball right now and they've actually won the last two against the Nuggets. Um but I think that that like you said, Jokic is a force to be reckoned with and and it's not just Jokic, it's the the guys around him yeah. too that can that can really play and and they can go get a bucket when they need to and I think it's it's definitely going to be a close one but I'm gonna go ahead and give the edge to the Nuggets here. So I'm just reading a report now. As of 18 minutes ago, Hartenstein has been ruled out for oh, the game no. with an Achilles. Um, so I think that'll do it. Jer- Jericho <laughs> Sims time. Yeah, it's gonna be Jericho <laughs> Sims time and it's gonna be barbecue chicken for for the Joker. It's gonna yeah, it's gonna get ugly. I think the Knicks can keep themselves in the game with all the other great players mm-hmm. they have, but. Inside of the paint, it's it's no. going to be hard to watch, man. Um, so I I think the Nuggets will win this game if they had Hartenstein. I I think the Knicks would definitely have, have had a better shot, yeah. but I just I, I just don't see them, uh, them winning this. So, um, yeah, that's frustrating. You know, this is a <laughs> you know this I I you know as, as a Knicks fan, it's like oh, this is the finals matchup that we're going to get. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hopefully Mitchell Robinson will be back for that. Um, nice. I think one other team I want to touch on the Lakers. They won the in season tournament. Hmm. But they've looked horrible since then. They're twenty-two and twenty-three. They're the nine seed, and LeBron and AD are still LeBron and AD. But like, man, like, what what are the Lakers doing? Yeah, it's like only LeBron and AD. I know LeBron didn't play a couple nights ago. I don't know if it's been a couple nights in a row now. Yeah, but I know he missed that game. I mean, AD's been better this year with the inconsistency we've seen in the last. And he actually has some crazy stat where he's played like. The most games in a yeah. certain span, <laughs> yes, yeah, and which is he's, which is huge ups for AD. Who he's played forty three games, never so far. Play, yeah, yeah, he's played every game, he's never so. healthy, never yeah. except this season. more than LeBron. LeBron's only played forty, so I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there you go with with how much better AD's been. More, I'm not gonna say uh, more accessible AD's been, but everyone else, no one else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, D'Lo's been okay, but like it's not good enough to throw you over the hump. Yeah, I think I think they they've really been disappointed this season. I think. As of recent, D'Lo has stepped up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since they they kind of he started at the beginning of the season, he was starting, and and then however I don't even know how far into the season, but then they moved him to to like the sixth man role, and now he's back in the starting lineup. And and ever since they they put him back into that starting lineup, he's he's played better, especially over his last maybe five six games where he's he's averaging probably twenty, 20 upper twenties mm-hmm. um, yeah. points wise, and so. I think that he's going to be crucial in order for this team to actually turn their season around and improve. Because you have you have a couple of great players in, in LeBron and AD, but you need other guys to be able to yeah. step up too. And I think you need D'Lo to be one of those guys. You need Austin Reeves to be one of those guys. You need them to actually play to their potential and what you kind of expected them to be. 
Yeah, and they got hot at the right time in the playoffs last year. Remember, they were they were a seven yeah. seed from what I can remember. They made all the way to the conference finals. They lost to to the Nuggets. They got swept, but they were in a lot of those games. And yeah, I just think they have to find a spark down the stretch. I don't know if you can ask much more of a third. Is he thirty eight, thirty nine? How old is LeBron now? Is he thirty nine? Forty? I think he's forty. I, let me I, I was going to say that he's thirty nine. He just okay, turned thirty nine. Okay. He'll be forty in December this year. <laughs> okay, but. It's a lot to ask of a nearly 40-year-old LeBron James, who, who, by the way, is still playing really well. He's giving you 25 a game. And an Anthony Davis that, you know, he's he's pretty fragile. All it takes yeah. is one bad play. You never want to wish injury upon somebody. But it's, you know, the history shows that this this shouldn't be lasting as long as it is. Right. So, yeah, I hope the best for the Lakers because it is exciting when they when they make the playoffs and when they make a deep run. You know, LeBron's must-see TV, and we don't know how much longer you'll, you'll have him. Um, all right, last thing. And Bede went for 70. I want to do some early MVP picks. Is it Embiid? Who is it's, it? It's what is it? It's Embiid. So it'd be between Shea. Embiid. Uh, yeah. So it'd be Embiid, Luka Doncic, Luka. Uh, Shea, and and I'd say Giannis is is making an yeah, argument yeah. too. And Luka's averaging thirty three. Shea uh, Shea's averaging thirty one. Embiid's thirty six. I mean, yeah, it's got to be Embiid right now. I think I'd even put Shea. Up. Like I, above Luca because of Thunder what, are better. Yeah, I I agree because the Thunder are better and he's a way better like complete player. Not he's a worse scorer than Luca. There's very few better scorers than Luca, but he's mm. a way better defender, way better transition player than um than Luca. So I'd say one. I, I'd put them in order at Embiid, Shea, Luca, and then Giannis right now. So I'm a bit biased here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna give it to to Luca, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but. I think it's just what he's doing out there is impressive. And I think a lot of people are kind of looking at these other guys. And, I mean, he's averaging almost a triple-double with, with 33, 34 points a game. Um, and he's – it's not like the Mavs are, are, are bad right, right. now. They are they are the eighth seed. They're 24 and 20. So, it's a – they're solid. And, and Kyrie missed missed a lot of mm-hmm. – he missed some time this season. So, so Luka really did have to step up there and, and kind of perform. And I honestly – think what he's doing is is more impressive than anyone except for Embiid so I'm, I got a yeah. soft spot for Embiid here just because because the 70 point game the other yeah. day but I I think that that Luka has been more impressive than than Jokic this season I think he's been more impressive yeah. than Shy, and I don't to me to me that one's not really that close yeah uh, but I would go probably Luka Embiid Jokic Shy Giannis. Yeah, and it's funny because Jokic is such a quiet. I call him a quiet player. Like he right. quietly will get thirty-five a game, and his team will quietly go to the finals <laughs> because of nobody you know, knows. It's not like he's running and jumping and dunking. I mean, he is, but he's just doing it in, in a way that isn't he's walking. You're not gonna and... see it on a house of highlights. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But Embiid's last five games: 70, 33, 36, 41, 41. They're on fifty-three percent too. Yeah. He's fifty-three percent from the season. Yeah, shooting it really well from. Yeah, from the field, from yeah. three, from the line. He's a rebounding monster. He's averaging right now is 36 and 11 <laughs> and six assists too. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. I think that's all there is to say. I'd say if I got to pick a second place, I'll go Luka yeah. and then Shea, and then I'd say Giannis. That'd be uh, the top four for MVP picks. But that'll just about do it for our show today. Our producer behind the glass, shout out to Griffin Stevenson. Thanks for helping us out today on this Thursday evening. Knicks are playing the Nuggets. Make sure to tune into that one tonight. For Brandon Shorey and Evan Harkin, I'm Bridge Gotham saying so long. Enjoy your night of basketball. Enjoy your weekend of basketball. And Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports.